Hi, and welcome to Reverse Sequels. My name is Elfie, and with me, as always, is... Patrick. You're supposed to have an elf name. <laughs> Would that be your elf name? Patrick Snickle. <laughs> Yours is just Elfie? What's wrong with that? I don't know if that's in the elfish language. Okay, well... <laughs> I like you to add something like... Well, I guess one of them was named Hug, so... <laughs> There's not a lot of continuity in the elf language. Hey, don't even get me started. And on today's podcast, we're talking Christmas Chronicles 2. That's right. So the Christmas Chronicles Part 2 is about an evil elf turned human named Barsnickel who's trying to sneak back into the North Pole. And to get in, he uses a human who's famous in the North Pole as a true believer. But she's having some troubles at home. She's got some stuff to work out herself. I hate to correct you here, but his name is Bellsnickel. Right, that's exactly what I said. Bellsnickel is a very strange villain. There's a lot going on. He's set up to be like the anti-Santa Claus. But here's a question. Why is he brown? Why do they have to make the villain a person of color? I just think that that's so wrong. It's like um, in Disney how every villain has an accent or something. That they make this kid like the anti-Santa. Yeah. I mean, speaking of anti-Santa, so when we first meet him, he's in like his lair in the South Pole, and his lair, it says no trespassing, and then it says Santa Claus, like crossed out, no Santa Clauses. That's right. a very specific, like, warning sign. Yeah, that was funny. And then, <laughs> and then when you go inside, he's got this crazy, like, hacker lair He's got all these computer screens up, and then he's wearing like a leather jacket with pins. Yeah, we're first introduced to Bellsnickel, and he, as I said, is the opposite of Santa Claus. He's on the South Pole. He's using all this evil technology, robots. He has evil elves, and he's trying to do a kidnapping plot. My question is, he has a bunch of pins on his jacket, like he's supposed to be a punk rocker. My question is, are those real bands, or are those like North Pole bands? Or did somehow in the North Pole, like, this one elf got really into, like, dead Kennedys. And he's like, Wait, I'm putting these pins on my jacket. Did he have a dead Kennedys pin? No, I couldn't read the pins. But, like, what Maybe they what were would they be? elvish bands. That's what I want to know. Are there elvish bands? I think there has to be. I mean. With all the caroling that's going on. <laughs> but there's elvish punk bands? Yeah. I mean, they did say there were lots of different kinds of elves. I want to know more about that. This movie took me by many surprises. It was not at all what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting. Right, but it we, wasn't this. We came across this movie on Netflix. We saw a giant number two. We saw that Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn were in it. Right, that's the only reason I wanted to see it. They were the hook. They were the draw. And, I mean, I think they together did an amazing job. I think they were having fun, yeah. They were great. They were having fun. The rest of the story was so bizarre because it also opened up with this animation. I wasn't expecting these computer animated elves, elves having tails and being furry. 
I didn't know that about elves. I wasn't expecting that. Or this evil plot to kill Santa. It's not clear. I don't know if he wants to kill Santa Claus. He wants to, I guess he wants to destroy the village, though. It's real destructive. And honestly, I felt like his story wasn't deserving of redemption. (laughs) Early on, he's like looking at a picture of Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. And he's like, you're the first humans I ever trusted. And the last. Right. Real bitter. Then the next thing we know, we're in Cancun, Mexico. A mariachi band is playing Feliz Navidad. And we meet Kate Pierce, who is not happy about any of it. And is she the kid protagonist? So at first I thought that Santa and Mrs. Claus were the protagonists. Then I thought that Bellsnickel was the protagonist. But apparently the world revolves around little Kate Pierce. You thought Bellsnickel was the good guy? No, the main character. You thought the main character was going to be a bad guy in a Christmas movie? Yeah, looking for redemption, maybe. Like the Grinch, I guess. Yeah. Okay. No, Kate is the main character. And spoiler alert, Kate sucks. I am not a fan of Kate. I don't understand why she's central to this movie. I have a lot of questionable things. She's 13 years old, and she's called a true believer. Oh, man. They talk about being a true believer a lot. It was almost weird, like one of those um, virginity (laughs) pledges, you know, where girls wear those rings and things. It was like, she's 13. Not to spoil the holiday for anyone, but I think by 13... You shouldn't believe in Santa Claus anymore? Yes! Oh, how dare you? (laughs) Alright, but this is a world where she's literally met Santa Claus before. Right, but... So, how's she gonna lose belief? Well, I mean, we'll have to... That'll be in our predictions. Now, she's in Cancun with her brother, Teddy, and turns out her mom and mom's new boyfriend, Bob, played by Tyrese... Right, this is the ultimate reverse sequels movie. And it has Tyrese. It takes place in a different location. Like, There's this two is, dead parents. Yeah, dead mom and a dead dad. How many movies now has Tyrese been in? Fast and Furious, Ride Along, and Death Race. He was just in the very last movie that we watched. I think he might be surpassing Vin Diesel and Jason Statham. He has to be in our sequel, the movie. Yeah, I think so. He's in everything. Also, the only person in the movie... Other than Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, they can act. Right. So in the Mexico portion of the movie, he's really doing a lot of heavy lifting because everybody else around him sucks. Yeah. The mom, I don't get She's like a low-budget Ashley Judd. And here's a question. So Tyrese has a son from a previous relationship. His name is Jack. Jack Booker. He's um, potentially Kate and Teddy's stepbrother. stepbrother. Right. His mom is dead. Her dad is dead. It's the ultimate. It's right. a holiday. Tyrese is really bringing it, like you said, and he's like, let's sing some Christmas carols on the beach. And he starts singing, oh, Christmas tree. <laughs> this, this is when I knew the movie was in trouble because the little girl is like, no, stop. That was my dad's favorite song. And I love that Patrick <laughs> says out loud, of all time? <laughs> yeah, it's not, she doesn't say that was my dad's favorite Christmas song. I was like, that was his jam. In July, he was bumping no Christmas tree. Then she runs to the edge of the beach and yells at the sky, Santa, I want to run away from here. Is that how you talk to Santa? Yeah, Santa's like God in this movie. You just kind of yell at the sky? Yeah. Santa's like God. He has ties to <laughs> Jesus. It's very he true. harnessed the power of the Star of Bethlehem. 
<laughs> which I it's good. It's little blurred lines there. Yeah, it gets weird for sure. Then we get. Belsnickel's evil plot is to break the family up. He cannot get back into the North Pole without the power of a true believer, which we didn't know right. until later. It's kind of revealed to well, us. Well, he, he gets like a what looks a lot like a cassette tape, but is, I guess, an 8mm video that he watches in the beginning, and it's like home movies of... It looks like elf uh, snuff. Right? It's real... <laughs> <laughs> like grainy home video footage. The timestamp says one in the morning. I don't know why this little girl was up at that time. But and he's like, oh my god, this is the true believer. This is my ticket in. So I, she's famous, I guess, in the elf world. Then his plan is, I'm gonna buy tickets to a bunch of different events around Mexico, and his whole plan hinges on that the mom and Bob will give so little a fuck about their children that they will go away for the night to Mayan ruins and just completely abandon the whole rest of the family. Which and it they works. Do. They totally do. Well, to be fair, it's two tickets for an overnight at Tulum. I mean, that sounds awesome. <laughs> but these kids are 13 and Ten. Jack is supposed to be younger than her. So yeah, like 10 years old. And they're like, oh, you're going to be at a kid's camp, like a sleepover where you can eat all the ice cream you want. But we're not even going to make sure you're in. We're going to leave and you check in yourselves. And we're going to tell your horny older brother to check on you. And he's straight up is like, I'm not going to do that. I'm out here getting my dick wet. Yeah, he's going to go scuba diving with some Monta rays. <laughs> I know why Tyrese said Monta rays. <laughs> that was the funniest part of the whole movie. <laughs> but, I mean, maybe we're saying it wrong. Yeah, so the older brother's going to go scuba diving with the Monterey's. The parents are going to Tulum to bang. and then I don't even think the brother's going to swim with the Monterey's. I, I think it's implied he's like, I got this chick here. We're yeah. going to go bang. I'm not checking on you guys at all. Right. And then I do feel bad for Kate a little bit because she is 13. She doesn't belong at this kid's club. Right. She says I'm too old and they're like, oh, you just made the cutoff. But she's like, I'm, she called the airport and was like, I want to switch my flight. Right, and then so she's going to head out of town, so... She's going to fly back home to Boston, but, like, nobody's there. Yeah, where to? Who's going to be there? You know what it reminded me of? When Godzilla, when they went to their house. (laughs) She's like, oh, my house is right back here in Boston. Yeah, that that was real weird. She does get on a weird golf cart with a stranger who turns out to be Belsnickel, who drives her to... An interdimensional whirlpool. Yeah. Lo and behold, wormhole. I think Jack has stowed away. Right. Jack was following her, so he's going to get caught up in the adventure. At first, because they didn't explain that the true believer is the key to getting into the North Pole, I had written down, "How is this revenge? How is bringing these two children <laughs> to the North Pole revenge?" I didn't understand. Oh well, what happens is. They get to the North Pole, but the North Pole is not exactly where Santa is. He's in like a more hidden layer of it. So the two kids get there. Then Kate's like, oh, this is perfect. Santa will find us. In the meantime, let's just lay down in the snow. <laughs> no, They don't try to go anywhere. I think they were overcome and they basically almost freeze to death. But they were in the exact same spot they teleported to. They didn't try to walk anywhere. How could you tell? It was all the white <laughs> wilderness. There was a rock that I <laughs> identified. Well, all right, maybe they did, but it looked like they didn't no, move at it all. it looked like they didn't move. They were like, we're, we're going to lay in the snow and wait for Santa in our shorts. <laughs> 
then our first scene of Santa is he's chasing a giant snow tiger. Right. Santa, Kurt Russell, is like hunting a snow leopard and yelling in a foreign language. Right. Which we found out later, I think, is elvish, but it was right. real disconcerting at And he's first. on this badass sleigh, and he's like, oh, I gotta get Jola the Yule Cat. All right. Yeah, I want to know more about, is she like an indigenous predator to the North Pole? Right. And um, she seems to be real good buddies with... Bellsnickel. Right, I had a question about that later. So later on, Bellsnickel gets in and he's like, ooh, it's good to be back in the Borealis. And then the snow leopard like comes up to him and they're buds. When did that happen? Yeah. Is she only friends with people that are... Anti-Santa Claus? Yeah. I guess so. She senses it somehow. Well, so Santa transports the half-frozen kids to the North Pole, which is inside the Aurora Borealis. Right, he's got to fly through it and there's like... Rocks falling. Right. So he's the only one that can pop in and out. He's triangulated the power of the Aurora Borealis, the Star of Bethlehem, and the power of the North Pole. Right. Some weird shit like that. To create like a bubble. He brings them in to his workshop where Mrs. Claus, played by Goldie Hawn, is. And she immediately is like, oh, make my special hot chocolate with this and this. And she calls out to the elves, Jojo and Hug. (laughs) Right. That's what I'm saying. There's no consistency in elf names. What? Jojo, Hug, and Bellsnickel. So the kids are better. They get the hot chocolate. They're like, oh shit, it's the real Santa Claus, the real Mrs. Claus. And they're like, yeah, you're at the North Pole. Now for the next, I don't know, it was maybe only 10 minutes. It seemed like an hour of the movie. They were like, we're going to give you a tour of the North Pole. Right. And Santa says, this is Santa's village. There are one million elves. What I liked here was that they said, why isn't it called Mrs. Claus's Village if she designed everything? That was actually like a funny little running joke. Yeah. And then later, there's a, they call it Mrs. Claus's Village to Bellsnickel, and he's like, what? And Santa's like, that's not official. Yeah, yeah, it was a good little thing. Kate said, I've been in here before. She pointed at a building. Right, so she'd been in, I think, like the lodge or something. Yeah. And but she not out into the village. Seems to know Santa, so we'll have to get to that in our predictions. Right. Kate speaks elf. Right, and she's like famous at the North Pole. All the elves are trying to get her autograph. So something that she did in the first movie made her famous. She might be the last true believer. Um, And then they talk, so they show everything. They show where Legos are made and candy canes. Santa apparently codes video games. And then Mrs. Claus had a really weird moment where she's like real children. And it right. was very I she was wistful. Eat them at first. Or eat them, or just like, did they never have children? Is that why this yeah. happened? Well, Santa was like a bishop. Oh, <laughs> then she, <laughs> and then Mrs. a saint. Mrs. Claus prepares a feast for the kids. That's real weird because she calls out all the animals from songs. She's like, I need two calling birds, three French hens, right, a partridge, partridge, a pear. pear. They're gonna eat that. But then when they get to dinner, it's all candy food. Right, it's all like cakes and cookies. And then, this was like a really interesting part, actually, I was going to ask you about. They're like, we took all the foods that are good for you that you don't like, and we make them taste exactly like foods you do like. So they're like, have some broccoli, and it's a green cake. And they eat it, and they're like, have some lima beans and carrots, and it looks like a brownie. I wouldn't want that. No. I wouldn't want every food to taste like cake. No. I like broccoli. Yeah. But that's why you're not a true believer. No, but I mean, wouldn't that be like a weird 
hell? But, like, I just want the taste of something not sweet? Yeah. And they're like, too bad, more cake. Then the kids beg to stay the night. And Mrs. Claus says, sure, because the parents are in Tulum. It doesn't matter. I mean, they don't even call to check in. No. They're just like, we're going to these ruins. Fuck all y'all. See you in a day. But then Mrs. Claus reads from the Christmas Chronicles. Oh, this is my favorite part. So, like, you love getting an origin story in a movie. This happened yeah. in the sequel. Yeah. You got everything you could ever want to know about Santa and Barnacle, everybody. In 312 A.D., Right, so we find out that Santa is 1,700 years old. He originated in Turkey. We get, like, the whole history of right. Santa. Right, like, he was straight-up Turkish. Like, even in the flashback, he looks like a Middle Eastern guy. Yeah, they give him a darker beard. I, mean, I think he's meant to be younger. Well, um, yeah, but still, he looked darker. Then Mrs. Claus, where did she meet him? I want to know. I know, their love story. Their love story, I want to know her first name. I point. tried looking it up, and I saw two answers. In the movie or in the real in the Santa real Claus world? lore? Okay, what are the answers? They're both very weird. Okay, Anya. Oh. Which I would buy. And Anya Jessica. Claus? <laughs> it's not Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not Jessica Claus. <laughs> Those are the two answers I found. Oh. What was her maiden name? <laughs> that didn't come up. I didn't see that. The, the lore around Mrs. Claus is far more interesting. I think. So I'm going to try maybe for the next one to so find out her name. At what point? Okay, so Santa is just like this bishop who goes around putting coins in people's shoes in Turkey. And then he yeah. meets a bunch of forest elves. They hear about him and they're like, we're going to give you some magic shit and you're going to become a Santa saint. Claus. You're going to become Santa Claus. To form an alliance. Then he discovers the place that becomes the North Pole and the elves build it. But Mrs. Claus designed it. So she must have been with him when he discovered it. At what point did they get together is what I want to know. Yeah. When he was putting the coins in the shoes? Maybe. And it was her whole family like, this guy has seen fucking nuts. <laughs> he's sneaking around in the middle of the night putting coins no, in her shoes. No, they're probably like, he's great. You think so? Putting coins in her shoes? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I want to know. I, I would watch a whole prequel of just young Mrs. and Mrs. Claus. I know. Young Jessica and Nick. <laughs> Nick and Jessica. Like Simpson and Lachey? Lachey. <laughs> and that's who they were named after? Solved it. No, so here's the thing. Mrs. Claus uses flying powers to get other books to come to her hands. I'm very Yeah, she's got magic powers too. Yeah, they both have magic powers. Is it the magic of the North Pole? Are they magical beings? Did the elves give them magic? I got a lot of questions about their magic. If they can make things fly. Why can't they do other healing things and, like, stop Belsnickel with magic? I mean, they can, but Belsnickel has all this technology. So there is, like, a technology versus magic fight. Then we get the history of Belsnickel. Yeah, we learn all about Belsnickel. He was an elf. I like how they animated him. It looked yeah. just like the actor. He was naughty. And he, when he became a teenager, he felt that Santa stopped loving him to love human children more, and he decided to rebel. But because he broke every single elf rule, he was punished by being turned into a, hor a okay. human. Right. And the elf rules, they tell you what they are. There are five of them. And if you break all five, you get, I guess you turn into a human. It's ego, lying, viciousness, envy, selfishness. Elves. <laughs> 
So are elves inherently evil? Why would they use their own name as an acronym for breaking the rules? I don't know. It is weird out of a million, he's the only one that ever became naughty. Well, I mean, not just naughty. Right, it's really weird. naughty. Right. He starts off just like putting whoopee cushions under elves, which I that seems like a harmless prank. Although he makes the elf cry. Yeah. Telling everybody that he farted. <laughs> but then, I mean, he gets straight homicidal. Right. It escalates very quickly. Well, his plan at Christmas Village is terrifying. He has Jola the Yule Cat attack the reindeer. Right, she like almost kills Dancer. Right. Gets real dark. Then he puts Elf's Bane, which turns out to be like a psychotic elf drug, into right. the cannons. The elves straight up like pull out chainsaws. Right. They all go insane. They all go nuts. And then he takes the light of Bethlehem out and the whole sky collapses. Right. He's out for revenge. I mean, I actually like in the flashback when they were talking about the like Santa first kind of meeting the forest elves and leading them to salvation or whatever. You see him and like I guess before that the forest elves have been hunted by humans. So that established his human hatred early on. Right. But then he learns to trust. He learns to trust and then he feels like Santa betrayed, betrayed him. him. I thought he had a good villain origin story. Um he also says bah humbug, which I think is funny because then Santa's like, "Watch your mouth." <laughs> That was the mild language they warned us about. In I know. Oh. There was just some fun stuff. But I thought his plan was very evil. Right. The plan was a lot darker, I think, than the rest of the movie. But This is where the movie then goes off the rails for me, if it hasn't already. Right. It was weird because all this happened. Like, he gets the star. There's like 50 minutes left. I don't know what the fuck else is going to happen in this movie. I feel like it's over already. And they go back in time. Yeah, Santa and Kate are on his sleigh. Elvesbane, what's his name? Belsnickel throws up another wormhole. Right. They're transported to Boston, 1990. Now, the problem is if there's not enough Christmas cheer, the reindeer can't fly and they're going to crash, so they land at the airport. And they were like, I mean, that was kind of a funny joke. They're like, there's no place with less Christmas cheer than an airport around the holidays. Right. That was good. Well, a couple things. One... I like that Belsnickel is chasing them with these horrible creatures that he calls jackalotes. Yeah. Half jackal, half coyote. I enjoyed that. Um, but they go to Boston 1990, and like, okay, obviously, she mentioned before she's from Boston. I think it was real clear she was going to run into her dad here. Although, I, it's weird, because like my own age kind of messed me up. I was real confused about yeah. how old the dad was going to be. I expected him to be an adult, and then he was a kid. It was weird that he was a kid, but then in 1990, if he was 13... Right, I guess it makes sense, because the mom looks like she's in her 40s. All right, and then Kate's 13? Right. So when did they have these kids? I don't know. Because how old is Teddy? Teddy's got to be like 16. Oh, so they're mid-20s. Okay, yeah. it I all think, checks I out. I think it checks out. It matches up. Although it doesn't make any sense. It's kind of like, you know, the Back to the Future conundrum. If you meet your own child, isn't it weird that you grew up, had a baby, and we're like, I gotta name her Kate after this girl I met in an airport one time. Who called me daddy when I was 13 and she was 13. I don't know. All I know is that they need AAA batteries to power the time machine because apparently that's what Belsnickel made. Right, right. Oh, I really like this part. So then they go into the gift shop and she tries to pay with a 20 and they're like, what is this, Monopoly money? Like, this looks ridiculous. Yeah, this is fake. It says 2020. She immediately gets 
caught by the cops and thrown into, I don't know. Airport jail? Airport jail, yeah. Right, that's what she means. I wonder what the dad was doing there. Right, I think he was a minor flying alone, so he had to sit there. But then, out... Oh, then there's a musical number. Then there's a musical (laughs) number. Out of the blue... Right, there's time travel, there's a musical number. Like, I really, I feel like we're trying to pad this movie. And it didn't need the padding. No, why wasn't it an hour and 50 minutes? A Christmas movie, a family movie like this? 90, 90 minutes. minutes tops. Yeah. Although the the musical number is not what I would have cut. I enjoyed the musical number. The musical number, all the flights get canceled, everyone's mad, the lady at the front gate starts singing because of Santa's magic, he plays the saxophone. Right, Santa does a sax solo and break dances. Which is amazing to see Kurt Russell do. I mean... He's I, a pretty good singer, too. I he mean, sings they, the whole song. They had a great time. But then they tra- she gets to say goodbye to her dad. It's weird because she told her dad that her mom has a new stepdad. I know, right? Isn't this going to like fuck this kid up for life? Right. As soon as he meets this woman, he's like, well, as soon as I die, I guess, you're going <laughs> off with Bob. Also, there's a part earlier on where they say, okay, Bob has been dating my mom for 10 months, but they knew each other a lot longer. Yeah. So, like, when he met Bob, was he like, oh, what's up, Bob? (laughs) It's weird. Or is he going to give, like, a weird blessing? Or is he just going to forget all of this? Hopefully he'll forget. Maybe there's some Christmas magic that can knock it out of him. Dust. But, yeah, this kid's fucked. And it's sad to see this kid and knowing he's going to die so young. I know. This is the real tragedy. Why would they take us here? He's got like a knife that says always see it through. I guess that's like their family motto. That appears, that's where she, I think, learns that it's her dad. Yeah. He also goes on about being a true believer and he's got all these Christmas messages. This is a wise-ass 13-year-old kid. I know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. I'm telling you, it's one of those daddy-daughter purity dances. (laughs) Something's going on. I mean... They're both 13. Do you think there was any... Chemistry? Yeah, chemistry? Like Back to the Future style? Yeah. It was gross. Real gross. She liked him. Put that in the Christmas Chronicles. (laughs) So then, whatever. They get out. They get the cure for the Elfsbane. Jack has his whole own little journey. Where where he has to be brave. He has to go get... Yeah, the... Go get a root for a potion to cure dancers this is all in the elves bane oh right 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 and um but everybody converges again so kate and jack save christmas bell snickle turns back into an elf he gets forgiven right which okay right he was a little too homicidal i think to be right that's forgiven the so thing easily. is it was real bad but it's also funny because his storyline paralleled Kate's exactly. Right. And she's like, don't both run away. They're teenagers, yeah, too. It doesn't solve anything. Which made me wonder, who's this movie for? You think teenagers are watching this? Being like, I hate Christmas. I hate mom and dad. And then they're like, oh, this movie's for me. This movie's for preteens, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Preteens whose parents don't care about them at all. <laughs> and then... Santa drops them back off in Cancun. Right, they parachute down onto the beach. She sees Teddy and she goes, we did it again. I got a lot of questions about and the first predictions. One. Yeah. yeah. So, and Teddy's like, oh, cool, tell me all about it. He's like, oh, Mom and Bob are already back. They're waiting for you. What yeah. the hell? They just came back and they were like, hey, where's Kate and Jack? Oh, I don't know. Nobody's heard from them in a day and a half. Right. They almost died in the Arctic. And they're like, well, all right, we're going to get a cocktail and talk about how great our trip was. They said it was life-changing. I know. They must have banged so good (laughs) under some Mayan ruins. Did he propose? 
Right, I don't know. It was hinted at a lot that there was going to be a proposal, and it never came. Then everyone sings, Oh, Christmas Tree, which is a weird choice as the song of the movie. That's the Christmas song of the movie? It was her dad's favorite song. <laughs> it would have been great if when she met him in the airport, he was like, you know what song's fucking great? Have you ever heard Oh, Christmas Tree? <laughs> It's my favorite song. Uh, oh, it's your favorite Christmas song? No, no, no. That's my favorite song. <laughs> he seems a little too into Christmas. Then there's weird sky writing, magical sky writing that says Merry Christmas. Whew. The end. And then... And then it's a, uh, directed by Chris Columbus. Is this the Christopher Columbus? Like, who directed Home Alone and Harry Potter? Or is this a different guy named Chris Columbus? <laughs> Or is it the same guy? I can't Google it because I don't want spoilers. I know. We'll have to find out and we'll have to see who directed the first one. If this is the Chris Columbus, I'm disappointed. Well, I I mean, he did this with Kurt Russell. Right. Kurt Russell produced it. They, there was a lot of fun here. But Was there? I liked their outfits. I liked Kurt's outfits. Santa and Mrs. Claus. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know if this movie gets credit for Santa Claus's outfit. But I like that. I like this whole idea of having a tree that you decorate, there being snow. I'm so glad you brought that up. This whole idea of getting presents, I like that part of the movie. I'm so glad you brought that up. I thought that his Christmas tree was so modestly decorated. Where were the decorations? Who, Santa's? Yeah. They would think there'd be some ostentatiousness. It was just like red and and gold. But well, wait, <laughs> Santa's going to have like a... Ornaments? A favorite mermaid. ornaments? Yeah. The, I mean, I guess that's a detail they overlooked. <laughs> I liked um, the Santa drank out of a big-ass beer stein. Yeah. This is my kind of Santa. Well, what's weird about this movie is I really think they went for some authenticity. Like, I think they were really speaking Elvish. <laughs> I think <laughs> Belsnickel is based on a real elf. Folklore elf. Real elf. Jola the This is the real elf language? is like a real... So you're saying from the folklore they took yeah. a lot. Gotcha. Which is like, oh, okay. What role does she play in the folklore? I think she's like a Krampus. Like, she eats oh. children. Wait, don't even talk cat. about Krampus. Why? Why? Because that's in my predictions for the first one. <laughs> Should we get to our predictions? Sure. Okay, my prediction, Krampus is in the first movie. No way. I think you need a villain of some kind, and I don't know who it's going to be. I don't think it's Barnacle. I don't think he's in the first one. No. The villain in the first one is disbelief. No, come on. There's got to be a physical I bet you Christmas is dying because people don't believe. Yes, yes, I think that. I mean, that's a classic Christmas trope. But I think you need a villain. I have two choices. It's either that cat... That cat has a bigger part in the first one. No. But I don't think so because no. it doesn't talk. Or it's Krampus. I, I agree with you that the theme is going to be there's not enough belief, and that's why you need the true believer. But I think there has to be a physical villain, and I think it's Krampus. And, I think, and if you're saying that this movie takes a lot of stuff out of folklore and is, like, authentic... I really wish... Krampus the Christmas demon the is the bad guy. The listeners at home could see... <laughs> The conviction in your eyes when you tell me it's Krampus. Yes. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. <laughs> and you have Krampus written down and underlined. And underlined. Yeah. Krampus. In the first one, mark it down. 
I'm out on Krampus. I'm going to say in the first one, Kate's dad dies. She loses her belief in Christmas because her Christmas wish is that he doesn't die or something. You think he's going to die in the movie? Well, you know, pre-movie, it's always hard to tell. I think he's going to be already dead. You can't show dad dying. Right. But maybe it'll be like, you know, I wish we didn't have to be apart and then he right, dies. Right. Oh, okay. I think, yeah, dad will be dead. She's going to lose? I think she will have his knife with his motto on it. Or if she doesn't have the actual knife, she'll remember her dad saying that. That was their motto, always see right. it through. She's not, well, I shouldn't say she's going to lose her belief. She's not going to lose her belief. She's going to say, Dad would want us to believe. He's a true believer. I come from a long line of true believers. I actually think, okay. They live in Boston. They live in Boston. You know how she is the like rebellious teen in this one. She's yeah. like the angsty, I'm not happy teen. I think Teddy is going to have that role in the first one. I think she's going to oh. be the true believer. I think Teddy is going to be the angry, I don't believe guy. Because she said something early on. I liked you better when you were a car thief. Right. So I think Teddy is like a bad boy. He's out stealing cars. The family's being, being torn apart because of this tragedy. Right. He's the one that's all fucked up about their dad. And I think by the end, he'll have a transformation. He'll come to terms with it. But I think Kate is going to be the true believer the whole way through. Right. But. I feel like she's going to sing a song, 100%. Okay. In a choir or something. I don't think they're going to travel back in time. No, no time travel. No evil bell snickle. I do think she's going to get to the North Pole. She and Teddy are going to get to the North Pole into that winter lodge and then believe. Yeah, I think so. But why? Something's got to happen on Earth. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a similar thing where she somehow winds up in the North Pole. How? I don't know. But she never leaves the building. She never sees the village. But she speaks Elvish somehow. So I think elves will be in it. Did she learn Elvish after the fact? I don't know. Was she studying it before? I bet she gets teased a lot for being a true believer. I think Krampus is going around Boston stealing Christmas spirit. And... She's fighting against Krampus, and then somehow there's like a battle between Santa and Krampus on the ground in Earth, and she gets knocked out by Krampus. And Santa's like, oh no, this human is in trouble. I gotta take her back to the North Pole. I am so out on this Krampus line. I don't know, something, and she's gotta do something that makes all the elves love her. She's gotta save Christmas somehow. Because she believes. She kills Krampus herself. No. With what, her What song? does she do? I don't know. She believes. You think she just inspires a bunch of people to yeah, believe? Yeah. With what? Singing? With true belief. Oh, yeah, because she does talk about being in the choir or whatever. She sings a lot, but I also think, I bet she spreads the word. Hmm. Okay. Next question. Who is Bob? Is Bob in the first movie? My guess would be no. I think it's just going to be mom and bro sis. I think that he dog. is. Because why would they? A dog? Yeah, they're going to have a dog. Where is he now? He's dead? No, he's just big home. The parents By himself? You know how these parents feel about leaving loved things by themselves? Okay. No, because they say, Bob, they've been dating for 10 months, but they've known each other for longer. So I think in the movie, Mom will be lonely, single woman. Oh, and Bob's going to come by. Bob's and like Bob the- will be like a cop or something in the town who's trying to catch Krampus. Do you think that he's... The neighbor or, like, the postman? 
The postman. He's got to be somebody who comes by the house every day that the mom sees every day. Right. I think he's right, like the postman. A, maybe a neighbor. I don't know. I think he's a cop. No. He's giving me cop vibes. Maybe because it's Tyrese. Yeah. He's no. either a cop or he is part of an international car driving <laughs> criminal gang. I think he's a neighbor or package delivery guy. Like an Amazon guy? Yeah. Hmm. No. Because he would just be ringing the the doorbell and leaving the package. No, then they or, talk. Or losing the package and claiming that it was delivered. <laughs> and then they no. talk. Okay. I mean, maybe, but I'm going with cop. I like how different these predictions are. This he's is a like cop. the most dissimilar. Right. He's a cop. He's trying to help them stop Krampus. And then what? the kids like him. And then they kind of were like, hey, you know our mom is single. And then, boom, the next thing you know in this one, it's like, oh, shit, they actually started dating a little bit later. And now they've been dating for 10 months. So I think it has to be hinted at. Or maybe they don't suggest it, but something's hinted at where the mom's like, oh, Bob Booker. Bob Booker delivers a package and they touch hands and they kind of look at each other. I can't picture Tyrese as just a package deliverer. Oh, I I can. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm going with a police officer. I think he's a neighbor or a delivery man. They interact every day, but it's, you know, that kind of superficial. That's how she's known him for a while. I think he's caught up in the adventure. He's like the sheriff in Stranger Things. And the mom is Winona Ryder. No way! That's a, that's what I'm going with. All right, anything else that we need to predict? Oh, is Goldie Hawn... <laughs> wait, is Goldie Hawn in it? Because it seemed like Kate had never met Mrs. Claus. Right, which is kind of weird. I'm going to say Goldie Hawn's not in it. I was going to 100% say she was until she said, I did. I met Mrs. Claus this time. Right. I'm saying no Mrs. Claus. I actually think Kurt Russell will probably have a smaller part. Yeah. I think Santa's not in it for a lot. They like see him at the very end or something like that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. But I like your idea. The brother's real upset about the dad. He's stealing That's cars. how they meet Bob. He steals a car and he gets arrested by Bob. Bob brings him home. Right. Bob brings him home. He's like, your son's stealing cars. All right. He's broken up over his dad's you, death. Okay. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. She's like, well, he hasn't been the same since my husband died. Oh, husband my died. wife is also dead. Oh, yeah. hey. Oh, is that Krampus? <laughs> Krampus is in it. Or the cat. I don't know. There's some kind of physical representation of... The brother's gonna spirit. smash an ornament, his beloved ornament from childhood. Krampus's? No. The brother is gonna say, I don't believe in Christmas, otherwise, why would bad things happen to people? Smash an ornament. The sister's gonna be like, no, and like glue it back together. Alright, but then there's gotta be some kind of adventure. Right. Then they get she wakes up and sees Santa. She's like, you have to stay here. My brother doesn't believe. And he's like, no, I got to go. And she sneaks into his bag. Hmm, like Elf. There was yeah. a shout out to Elf in this one. It was playing at the movie theater so, in the North Pole. All right, all right. I'm thinking, I, now I'm actually curious to see what happens in the first one. The Goldie Hawn one is, no. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. But, okay. Anything else? No, I think that's it. This is our last episode before Christmas, so Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, happy... Kwanzaa. 
Happy Festivus. And all right, we'll see you next time for Santa Chronicles. Is that what it's called? Christmas Chronicles Part 1. <laughs> As always, I'm Patrick Nickel. And I'm Elfie. <laughs> see you next time. Bye. Bye. Reverse sequel. I feel like.